it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. Right, lovely listeners, um, we're going to have some fabulous tips, and this will really get your brain in gear on the most basic question of all for us uh, business owners, where's my next client going to come from? Well, let's do a little bit of digging into some of the thoughts around that with the wonderful Kate Brannigan, who is a franchise manager for the Manchester Ascentive UK. I think I've said that right, but let's just say hello to Kate and she can introduce herself. Hi, Kate. Good morning, Tricia. Thanks for having me on your podcast. That's a great pleasure. So, yeah, just to make it nice and clear, what do you do? My job title is a franchise manager for Ascentive Manchester, which is part of a global organisation. Um, what, what do I do? I help people build relationships with the right people to open the right doors so they get the right work. Love it. In a nutshell, that's yeah. what I do. We like nutshells. They're good. They're bloody difficult to actually get, though, aren't they? Nutshells. Yeah. <laughs> Which is presumably one of the things you probably help with. Um, yes, get, actually getting to that sort of basic what do I do thing is ridiculously hard. Um, but, but let's just backtrack a little bit. So how did you get inspired to join up to Ascentive in the first place? Um, myself, um, my husband and my son all run a flooring company and in April 2019 I was encouraged by our business coach to go and sit the Ascentive course and I went, why? He said, because there are things that you will learn in Ascentive that will really help Brannigan Flooring. So I dithered and I dithered and cash flow is always an issue in a small family company. And obviously it costs to do this course. And I thought, okay, that's the initial cost. But how much am I going to make from it afterwards? And you've got, you've got to think of things like that. So I bit the bullet and went and sat the course and loved it. Came back. My husband now says he's been incentivized. <laughs> not even sure that's a word. Um, and... The loads of things that I brought back, um, we changed our target market because we were working for clients that weren't paying us or were paying us on 120 days and you just can't sustain that. So we've, we've tweaked our target market, we rebranded, we've got new logos, we redid the website with the wonderful Lois Cliff writing the uh, web copy for us and um, the we had a warehouse, which it was embarrassing to invite people to come in and have a look around stuff. Now it looks fantastic. So we've changed our image completely. And then I went and resat the course because I think when you, when you sit a course, you pick loads of things up, but you, you miss bits because there's so much information there. So I went and sat it again in the summer of 19. And I thought, why am I working in a flooring company? I want 
want to be doing this. I want to be delivering this. I want to be helping people. And I discussed it with um, the guy who was training me. And he said, well, there's a certification course at the end of the year. Why don't you go and sit certification? And then you can. Excellent. What, what I can do, what you're doing. You mean I can, I can bounce out of bed in the morning and thinking, yay, I'm going to work because it doesn't feel like work. He said, yeah, pretty much. The long conversation was had with um, said husband and said son. Um, both are very amenable and said, well, if that's what you want to do, I said, well, it, well, it is really. So I sat certification in December. And then it got to January. And of course, I was still working in the flooring company at the time. And, you know, I'd forgotten what I'd done in December because we'd had Christmas and New Year and... So I was just plodding on, same old, same old, until Jamie, who, who coached me, rang me up and said, right, you've done your certification. What are you doing about your coaching courses? Um, well, um, I'm not. He went, why? You spent all that time, all that money, and you're not doing anything with it. He said, you're the world's worst advert. Well, he didn't say this, but I felt <laughs> like you're the world's worst advert for sitting incentive. And, and he was right. So I kickstarted it and I ran my first courses in February and I did those in person. Um, I've got a lovely office just off the flooring company warehouse, which is purely for incentive. Um, so I ran a few courses in there in person and then COVID struck. Oh, God, really soon after you'd, you'd yeah. finally kick-started this and got yeah. yourself going. I ran my first yeah. course, I think it was something like the 25th of February. And wow. then obviously 23rd of March, lockdown. lockdown. I, I hate the word lockdown. Um, yes. Global reset is a <laughs> phrase I've heard somebody use and I quite like that. That's much okay. better. Yeah. I and so because I was still working in the flooring company and it's a small family firm, I had, I had to get all the bounce back loans, the furlough, all the stuff like that, that small fam you know, small companies have only got one person that can do it. Hmm. And so Ascentive went on the back burner again. And then I spoke to Jamie and he said, right, have you done all your Brannigan stuff? Have you done your, your bounce back loan and your furloughs? And can you carry on coaching? And I said, well, yeah, I can, but how? Can't do in person. And he went, how are you and I talking now? I went, over Zoom. <laughs> yeah, you can coach over Zoom. I went, oh, wow. It was like another massive light bulb moment. And so I started two courses. I got them, you know, I only wanted five on each course and I got five on each course and it's worked really, really well. Um, the one course has just finished, but then they're, they're going into the next phase of it, which is um, a six month implementation of what you've learned in, in the actual Ascentive Pro course. So it's, yeah. not, it's not just a 10 week course where you, all this knowledge is thrown at you. It's, it's a 10 week course where all this knowledge is thrown at you and then you carry on on a fortnightly basis after that for a minimum six months where you are helped to implement what you've learned. Now this, this I, I'm going to stop you there because that's two things actually. One is 
the you, through your own story and what you just said then about the way you help clients it's this implementing thing that is so so important and it's all of us i bet there's loads of people listening to this who've done all sorts of courses who've worked with various coaches etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean i know when i first set up my business i threw quite a lot of money down um uh, uh, drain um, because you know I just hadn't really thought through why I was doing the course and what I was going to get from it and then did I even necessarily implement some of the good stuff I'd learned from it not really so I always think you know yes get the tips get the tactics get that coaching and mentoring etc but then remain with some kind of accountability and support whilst you put it into action because it's that really does it isn't it well it's knowledge implementation and then not just action but accountability mm. because i'm not very good at holding myself accountable and i don't think many people are you need somebody else to hold you accountable and yeah you know, if you say you're going to do something and you've got nobody to hold you accountable and you don't do it well does it really matter is it bothering anybody apart from yourself no yeah, yeah. but if you say hey I'm going to lose two stone by the end of 2021 and you tell everybody, then you've really got to do it. Yeah. Or I'm going to make sure that my business is flying by 2022. Tell everybody and people can say, right, okay, how are you going to do that? How can I help you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, so, and also sometimes even just setting, um, setting sort of places in your diary i mean it, it, yes the world <clears throat> the world has gone a bit weird now and so some of this is taken on a slightly different thing but uh i mean i've got a date next year where something is happening and <clears throat> every time that i maybe wake up feeling a bit bleh and thinking oh i don't know sometimes what is the point you know you go into those weird thinking spirals because we're human um knowing that that quite important thing is there is very helpful and it kind of realigns me and i remember this from way back when when i was first did a one woman play and i booked the venue the for the first night of this before i'd even started writing the play that's me setting my own accountability it's where it, it is it's yeah. like you know goals without a date on them are just dreams if you put a, a date on a goal then it becomes an actual goal and it, it's part of your vision and and that's something else that we cover in incentive is working out what your vision is and putting a time frame on it because if you just say well i would like to um own an incentive franchise well if you don't put a date on it it's just a a, a, a wish now, I've got a date of, um, in my head of 2020, well, it's actually written down, it's in, in my referral marketing plan, that in 2025, I will own the franchise and I'll have 12 people working on my team. Nice, nice, yeah. And that, I've got yeah. that there to focus on. And I, if I say <laughs> this and a certain person's listening to it, he'll start laughing. I've got two screens. Uh, my nickname has been Katie Two Screens when I said that. Um, so if he listens to that, he'll probably start laughing. Um, but on one screen, I've got a picture of my dogs. On the other screen, I've got my vision board. Ooh. And it's everything in my vision. 
in pictorially. Yeah. And so I see it every day. Nice. Yeah, I like that. I like so actually that was the other thing I was gonna ask, because when you were telling your story of how you got into this, what inspired you to do it, <clears throat> which was which was great. I I I, I know it's it's also really human the way you described it because you didn't do that thing which some people trying to be very slick do is say, Well, you know, I had this idea and I pursued it and and that was it. And from that day onwards I you know, you gave <laughs> You gave us that lovely, and I'm sure it's helped by being a Manchester lass, that nice down to earth human stuff. Well, you know, and then I didn't do it. And then this happened. And then, and then somebody phoned me up. I said, no, I love it. So, but what you did do is you told us the story of why you do what you do. And this is one of the things. So people come to you, like we were talking before this, and we said, well, you know, the main thing, the main pain people have got in a small business owners is, where am I going to get my next client from? Of course, right. So one of the things you start with is actually sort of going back to basics, isn't it? With this kind of, why do you do what you do? It's important. Um, yeah. Um, there's, there's, I, I've, got, there's, I've got two reasons why I, I do what I do. And one of the uh, parts of what I want to do is I want to work with small family companies more than anything else. Um, because that's what my experience is. Um, we hit, we, we built our company, me and my husband, from him being a sole trader up to um, the largest member of staff we had was 25. We survived the global recession in, 20, in 2008, but we had loads of clients not paying us in full, squeezing every penny out of our margin, other clients going under and taking us for a hell of a lot of money. Um, we sold our house, downsized, put the money into the business to keep the employees in work. Then we had to do it again, and we're now renting to keep the employees in work. Um, but unfortunately, that wasn't enough to save the business, and we had to go into administration. And, and I don't want anybody to go through that. It was the worst year of my life. And if I can help people avoid that by getting the right clients, um, that, that's, that's why I want to do what what I do um, and so and so one of the first things for them then is to figure out why they're doing what they're doing yeah and that's what you start with an incentive um incentives it's known as the emotionally charged connection which sounds very American and glib and but it really is the emotional reason of why you're doing what you're doing there's always an emotion involved with it and um so that that's why I want to work with small family companies in particular, because I don't want them to go through what we have to go through. Mm. And because it's, I've never been so ashamed, embarrassed, upset. As, and it wasn't really our fault. No. With and, hindsight, and, oh. we could see it, but you know, I, I don't want anybody to go through that. Can you, can you imagine, Kate, how many, I mean, talking at this point in our weird history how many people are going through those emotions i mean gee gee, gee. I, and i and i love i love this this emotionally charged connection it doesn't sound glib at all to me i know what you mean though so, yeah. sometimes a, a combination of words do tip over into the sort of slightly hey um but it's super awesome um but this is this is real stuff this is real human stuff because emotion is everything it's everything yeah. And, and so it's interesting because when, just very briefly, when I first set up, it was when I started talking about 
So although I got, I got all the obvious experience to be helping people communicate. So I'd got academic knowledge from my degree. I got my careers in acting and speaking, etc. blah, blah, blah. However, it was when I started talking about imposter syndrome and all that that entailed <clears throat> because I was hit with it in the face when I set up my business. Um, and it was only then that I started deconstructing it properly and figuring out stuff that happened in the past. So it was when I got into that alongside what I was doing that actually it all started to build um, because I really, I connected with exactly what you just said you don't want people to go through and i and i started saying look if i could save you 20 years of faffing about you know great that would be so good if i can stop you just going into these spirals and and and, and walking away from stuff because you don't think you know it's for you or whatever um when actually it is then great so it was that emotional i mm. think that's a really really good place to start emotionally charged connection love it yeah i mean most people when certainly entrepreneurs when you, when you start your business you've got this amazing vision of you're going to have an amazing life and everything's going to be absolutely spectacular and that doesn't actually work you don't get that spectacular life and you end up working and working and working and a sense of helps you work smarter not harder yeah it helps you build those relationships to help people work with you Right. Ah, oh, now this is the thing, isn't it? It's you're not alone. So no. this, this is this. Is, we'll just delve down into this because you you talk about you know relation. The relationship part of it uh, is very important, and <clears throat> this is something you help me with. So um, when we well, it's right. So when we talk about relationships, we we immediately think of the bog standard, boring old um, networking events. <laughs> I think my listeners have figured out now that I have had a journey with networking and uh, anyway, I've ended up in a very good place, but it's a journey you probably have to go on, but discovering your tribe and all the rest of it. Um, but actually, there's quite a few other options when it comes to networking that are less obvious, aren't there, Kate? There certainly are. Um, I mean, you've got your obvious um, business networks. Um, and there's hundreds of them around. There's the Business Network, FSB, all the Chambers of Commerce, BNI, B4B, loads. And, and the, most of those are all, all national or um, city centre based. There are individual ones that are just in Hereford, for example, or there's one I know that just operates in North Wales. It doesn't go out of North Wales. So there's loads and loads of official networking groups. Um, most of all who meet uh, either weekly, fortnightly or monthly and meet in person normally. In the world we're in at the moment, as far as I know, all of them are meeting virtually over Zoom. And I think they're gradually transitioning back to in-person where they can. But there are other networks that you don't really think about. If, you, if you're a working mum, whether it's your own business or um, you've got a part-time business working from home, you're dropping your kids off on the school path. Well, all those other mums that you talk to or, or in this day and age dads as well, they're all part of a network. Why don't they know what you do? Do you know what they do? Arrange to meet them for a coffee and have a, you know, have a chat and find out about what they do. 
they might be an ideal client for you. You might be an ideal client for them. And if you don't talk to people and start building these relationships, you're not going to find it. Same as if you play any kind of sport, you know, cricket, rugby, hockey, tennis. That's a massive network. And people just don't think about that. They don't think about, well, I play football with them every night. You know, every, every Wednesday night, we play five-a-side football. I've no idea what he does. He's called Joe. Don't even know his surname. <laughs> Build those relationships. It could be your best client, or it could be your best referral partner, who he knows who your clients are before you do. Yes, <laughs> referral partner. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It's not just it's not just what it's not just that person being your client. It's the idea that they can now go and say, oh, you know, I met somebody, you know, they're suddenly in conversation with somebody else who said, oh, you know what I need, blah, blah, blah. Well, I met someone the other day, just the person. This is how it works. And it's magic. And here's an interesting, I'm right, I'm going to be a bit controversial now, Kate. <clears throat> actually, it, actually it, to be honest, it's so not controversial. I've built it up a little bit. Um, I did actually enter into a conversation on LinkedIn recently um, and I walked away from it. <laughs> I, can, I only can drop so much sort of slightly different opinion in and then I think, okay, we won't, we won't get wound up in this. But, um, and I did it nicely. But somebody was being very outspoken about, oh, for goodness sakes, you don't need to be on, you know, don't listen to people. And I agreed with this bit. Don't listen to people who are telling you to be on Instagram, on Pinterest, on thing, on thing, on Facebook. Thing, blah, 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 but you've got to have a podcast. You've got to, and I agreed with that. I agree with that because there are only so many hours in the day. You've got to know why you're doing what you're doing and what you're doing it for and enjoy it. Okay. However, the other bit of this conversation tended to suggest that, come on, we're only on here to sell, you know, so we can't waste our time. To, and that was the bit that I really disagreed with. And you are beautifully shaking your head, Kate. <laughs> You're not on there to sell at all. You're on there to build relationships and impart your knowledge and help people. And if people then buy from you, that's wonderful. People hate being sold to number of times I get a LinkedIn, in LinkedIn in particular is bad for this. I get a connection request on LinkedIn. I look at them, look at the profile. I don't blindly accept everybody. And I think, yeah, okay, I'll accept your connection request. And then literally five minutes later, and it's obviously a bot that sends it, you get this message selling to you. I know. And so, not only that, they sometimes follow up with another one and another one when you haven't even responded. <laughs> so, but, but listen, Kate, I mean, the, the thing is, it, I said in my comment, I said, but there is an element of you, there is nothing wrong with meeting people on here that you really gel with, that you get a lot out of knowing, and just that. You know, because I don't, I don't see every single person that I've met some amazing, I happen to like LinkedIn. It could be for some people it's Facebook or whatever, but I've met some incredibly interesting people like yourself. And I don't have in my head that even although I'm okay, so we're doing the relationship thing, but even then I still don't have in my head, I'm doing this relationship thing because it might lead to a client. I, I am literally doing this relationship yeah. thing. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, perfectly. Um, because you just, the more um, relationships you have, the more people you know, and 
I mean, I, I was thinking about, I wonder who edits Trisha's podcast? Because I've got a friend who edits podcasts. That's what she loves doing. And I thought, but there's, there's nothing in that for me. But if you were looking for somebody new to edit your podcast, then I could put the two of you together. It would be brilliant. And is it, it's, you need to think like that when you're talking to people and building these relationships. You're not just doing it for yourself to sell for yourself. Because people hate, 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 hate being sold to. People love buying. There's a couple of, yes, exactly. There's a couple of really, I mean, there's so many good examples that, that I know. I mean, we all know a chap called John Asperian who gets pretty much, he gets, he gets a mention on just about every podcast. The awesome John Asperian, of course he does. <laughs> but of course he deserves to be because he is, a, he is, I was, I was going to say, you know, he's a super spreader, uh, which is a bad connotation in this day and age, but you know, of, of connections and he, he is, but yeah. he does it just from the heart. So I had a conversation yesterday, day before with somebody and then what it was never intended to be, this could be a client of yours, this, whatever. He had simply introduced us because he thought you two are really gonna love talking to each other. And we did, and we did. And I was fascinated by her story and she was fascinated by mine and we will talk again. And at some point, somewhere down the line, one of us is gonna meet somebody and it's gonna be like you said, oh, I know who you need to meet and it will be a specific job yeah. or, or need. And I just, I get really, I, so that's why I got a bit shirty with this, with this post yesterday, because I thought, no, to me, you've got to be constantly curious and go with that mindset of not only, you know, of what might I be able to do for them. And, mm. and John, I mean, John, you know, so he's bought out a book and it will have sold hundreds and hundreds of copies based purely not on some flashy marketing campaign, but from real, real friends who think, yeah, not only do I want to support him, but I also I know what he does is going to be useful. Um, and so he, he has earned the right to be able to say, can you give me a review on Amazon? Right? Yeah. He's earned the right to do that. That's definitely, which reminds me, I've not done his review. On <laughs> there we go, John. I've made this all about you now, this podcast. Uh, poor Kate. Um, uh, no, back, back on track as we wrap up. So... I, she's, by the way, John, she's just making a note on her to-do list. Um, this is just brilliant. So no, I don't have a to-do list. I have a must-do list. Oh, I, oh, there's another tip, listeners. If you have a to-do list and it stays on your to-do list, do you really have to do it? Anyway, how actually do you keep your sort of uh, daily tasks in, is it handwritten must-do list? Oh, yeah. It, it, it is when I'm, I'm on something like this, but no, I, I use, um, I've got a Google calendar and I put everything in there. Mm. Yes, I technically If it, if it goes well. in my calendar, it happens. If it doesn't go in my calendar, whether it's a task or a meeting, whatever, it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's good. It's back to this accountability thing again, where we, where we started. So, um, so what do you, so what is the sort of best starting place when people are trying we'll go back to where we started now so so people have kind of thought yeah okay i've, I've started this business da, 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 and and they're sort of quite quickly getting into a point where they think oh actually i'm not sure this is going to work um 
hang on a minute, I don't seem to be getting enough clients or engagement or, oh gosh, I don't know, shall I just give up on this? So you grab hold of them. Where, where would you start? Would you start with that? Why are you doing what yes. you're doing? Yeah, because if, if, if you don't have a real re reason why you're doing that thing, is it the right thing for you to be doing? Yeah. Um, someone has just gone through my, well, I mean, obviously I changed what I was doing because, you know, I'm married into the flooring company and it was, it was, it just happened. It evolved. It, don't get me wrong. I love working for a small family firm, but it, it didn't float my boat. It didn't give me that fire in my belly of, Oh yes, I'm going to help people feel really good about their homes and get nice carpets down. Really? <laughs> really? No. Um, so business owners, small business owners usually work longer hours than the staff. Why? You didn't set out to do that. So that's something I can help them with. I, I can help them um, learn the skills to teach their network and, and also help them identify who their network is. Uh, and maybe who that network isn't. You know, are you in all these networks and is it working for you? Um, yeah, because you can be in, you can do, you can do too much networking. Mm. I've been guilty of it myself in the past. And when I was that attentive, I was a member of the FSB, I was a member of the chamber, I was a member of BNI, um, I was a member of the business network, I was at a sports club, you know, it went on and on and on. And I'm thinking, well, that's costing me money. I'm not going to it. I'm not using it. Leave. And it felt quite liberating to think, actually, I'm no longer a member of that. Because not that it didn't work for me, I didn't work it. So therefore, it was a waste of my time and my money. Because all networks work if you work them properly. You know, if you put something in, you'll get something out. Um, so I help them to identify the networks that work for them. I help them get the clients that they want. I help them identify who their referral partners are going to be. But like I said, the most important thing is working out why they do what they do. Someone just has just coming up to finishing the course with me at the moment and said at the beginning, I'll never work out why I do what I do. I just do it. Why not you will? Nah, I won't. He did. <laughs> and it was such a fantastic feeling even though it was over Zoom, just seeing that dawning realisation on, on his face. Yeah. And it just, it, just made, it just made me feel absolutely brilliant that I've helped you work that out. I know, it's a lovely feeling. It really is a fabulous feeling. Um, and and it, like we, we were saying earlier, you know, I mean, just, people often answer that question with, well, you know, because you know, I've got a mortgage to pay and, you know, I want to keep the... Uh, kids clothes blah 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 you know what what well i mean it's a thing i mean i'm good at or they might even say well it's something i'm good at um they might even say things like that which yeah. it still doesn't it still doesn't get to that answer that you're looking for to say no, no. Yeah. Um, i mean the reason why i really want to do something to help people when i first realized it and it doesn't have to be upsettingly emotional but mine was, and it was all tied in with my mum and dad. And it was, 
it was a very, very emotional reason for why I want to help everybody, you know, realize their potential and, you know, believe in themselves because I didn't. Yeah. And that was yeah. all You know, my dad believed everybody could reach their potential. My mum, no, so you much. can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so what, so what's the first, so give us just to end this, uh, before I ask you to give us some wrap up kind of contact details and things, but what would be one of the questions that you would get your clients to ask themselves when they're on this journey of just trying to identify why they do what they do? Uh, I mean, it might not be as obvious as that because it might be quite organic. Um, but are, are there sort of actual, could I give our listeners, could we give our listeners a, something to go away and make a list about or delve into that would, that would trigger off this discovery process? Not, not without giving too much away of anti pro cause really. <laughs> Oh, very wise. What a very wise person Kate is. She's not, not giving not giving away the course. I can't believe it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, okay, so the tip is that you need to ask that question. I mean, that's that's the tip. Okay, how, how you go about it. Yes, you might well need to work with somebody to really, re because getting at you need to get outside your own head basically yeah yeah and it can take a long i mean i was really lucky i i didn't get it the first time i sat attentive um i, did, I didn't get why why i wanted to do it because i was in the wrong as i was working in the flooring company yeah i didn't have an emotionally charged connection i was just doing it because i fell into it yeah um yeah and so then, I, yeah yeah no sorry I've, I've cut you off but I think that's that's the thing is that's the big takeaway. I think actually is, I think people underestimate this emotional thing, <clears throat> or we've been brought up to believe in many ways that we shouldn't put too much emphasis on it because that's all kind of fluffy and girly and you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but guys, listening, <laughs> get in touch with your emotions. Oh, I did that thing where I put on a false northern accent. You did, and it so wasn't bad. Good. No, it wasn't good. It was in every way bad. Um, <laughs> you can edit that bit out. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but yeah, but I would say do not underestimate the power of emotion. In And, it, and actually, this is great, isn't it? Because it kind of pulls a circle around everything you do with your clients, which is not only finding this emotionally charged connection within themselves that makes sense to them then why they're doing what they're doing but if it's finding the emotional connections within the relationships they build with other people yeah because people buy yeah. from people yeah exactly people don't buy from corporations they buy from people yeah exactly so if people wanted to buy from you oh sound like a dj oh that was uh, a nice segue <laughs> um what uh, where, where do they get in touch with you kate uh they can get in touch with me on linkedin they can email me on kateb at ascentive.com. Yep. Um, they can WhatsApp me, text me, ring me on my number, which should be on LinkedIn. But if you want it now, it's 07507 290 And I'll get back to them as soon as I'm free. 
there we go there's a woman who is not hiding any ways of communicating with her i like that because i think that's another tip that you probably give your clients <laughs> is do try and make it easy for people yeah. to actually get in touch with you <laughs> you've just yeah. modeled your own your own advice there i suspect um brilliant so kate up near manchester um it's raining and gray here in bournemouth so no it's sunny here oh we've we've flipped the world we <laughs> at, the I guess... at the moment that's just never happens does it that's what's gone wrong something's really gone wrong bournemouth's gray and rainy manchester sunny ah! um <laughs> so don't panic the apocalypse is coming um it's really, really great to talk to you. Uh, you've got such a lovely back set that um, I, I just love it. You've got lovely little pictures and plants and your logo. And we didn't, Kate warned us that we might have a visit from a new puppy that has uh, joined the household, but that seems to have been, uh, the puppy has been gagged in some way. No, oh, she's asleep underneath the desk. Really? Oh. And the other two are asleep upstairs on my bed. Oh, we'll leave our listeners with that gloriously calm scene, Kate. Thank you so, so much. Lots and lots, actually, to, uh, to think about in this chat. So I really appreciate you giving us all of that and sharing your thoughts. And we will speak again soon. Lovely, Trisha. Lovely to speak to you. Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. Get more curious. Start talking to people outside your obvious business network opportunities. Yes, the football club, the Amdram club, whatever it is, because you never know. Somebody might need your services and they might know somebody who might need your services. You know, it's just a sort of organic process, but you have to get it started. A lot of fascinating stuff there. You might need some show notes. Head over to trishalewis.com for resources, links, and a chance to sign up for the weekly email, The Really Weekly, which gives you updates on the latest episodes, plus a little bit extra, some fun communication skill resources. So subscribe wherever you want to, leave reviews wherever you want to, but one way or the other, let's stay curious together. Look forward to the next episode. Never be replaced.